Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. Now, with that being said, let's dive right in. That ball is hit well. Deep left center field. Adios, Pelota! Crawford! High drive to right! It is out here! Hello, everybody. The Giants currently have a five-game winning streak. They've won three straight series, and they are first in the division. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast. I'm your host, James Donahue, as I am for every show, so hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. And of course, like always, everybody, I've got a great show for you today, but honestly, nothing too crazy. I just want to talk about what is going right for the Giants right now. And believe me, there's a lot. There's a lot going right when you're the first in your division and you've won three of the last three series, all right? The Giants won two against the Marlins, they won two against the Padres, and they just swept the Cleveland Guardians. And of course, after we talk about all the things that are going right for our favorite team, I'm then going to dive into the upcoming series that starts tonight, Giants versus Mets, and I will do my best to give you all a little preview of what is to come, and believe me, There's a lot. The Giants and the Mets currently, based off the numbers right now, are the two best starting rotations in all of baseball. This four-game series will feature matchups between Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill of the Mets. Game two will be Logan Webb versus Max Scherzer. That might be the game to watch. And game three, Carlos Rodon versus the former A starting pitcher, Chris Bassett. And to round it all out, Anthony Descalfani versus Carlos Carrasco. There's a lot of notable names there in that starting rotation, but the Mets also feature a lot of notable names in their starting lineup. But before we do that, like I said, let's go ahead and talk about all the things that are going right for our favorite team, the San Francisco Giants. Starting with the captain himself, that's right, Brandon Belt. The man is currently sporting a 345 batting average and a 1.131 OPS. And not to mention, he's already hit three home runs. Essentially, what I'm trying to tell you all is that Brandon Belt is obviously going to be the 2022 NL MVP. Now, I obviously don't have a crystal ball, but the way he's playing right now, he is onto a scorching hot start, all right? He's already in midseason form. This is unlike anything we've ever seen from Brandon Belt. Earlier in previous episodes, I talked about how he is notorious the past two seasons to have a horrible, horribly slow start to the season. But this year, Belt has proved me wrong, but he's also proving to the rest of the league that he is one of the best players in all of baseball. Moving on down the list, Jock Peterson. That's right, the homegrown kid from Palo Alto, currently sporting a 381 batting average and a 1.101 OPS. This is exactly what we needed to see from young Jock. In addition to the great numbers that I just mentioned, Jock has also already put up two home runs. But more importantly, he's getting on base. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for contact. He's not just stepping in the box and trying to hit a home run every single time, which has definitely been refreshing to watch. All right, moving on to the starting rotation, the two-headed monster, 
Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon. Versus the Padres, Logan Webb pitched eight innings, only gave up one earned run, zero walks, and finished his outing with seven strikeouts. Currently on the year, he has a 1.29 ERA. And this just goes to show that Webb is picking up right where he left off at the end of the year. Carlos Rodon versus Cleveland, his last start. He went seven innings, also only gave up one earned run, only gave up two walks, and finished his night with nine strikeouts. He currently has a 1.50 ERA on the year. And if you combine Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon's numbers so far this season, you will get a combined 1.38 ERA, a 0.37 whip, and they are both combined striking out 10 batters per nine innings. You know, it's really one thing to have one true ace in your starting rotation, but when you have two true aces in your starting rotation, that really does set your team apart from the rest. Because let's face it, Carlos Rodon might be one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. He's definitely top three in the National League. So if he was on a different team, he would be the ace of that team. But thank God he's not, because Carlos Rodon might just be one of my new favorite players. And the last thing I'll say about this two-headed monster in our starting rotation is that this is how the Giants will repeat their success. It's not about sweeping every series, it's about winning every series. And what I mean by that, to put it in the simplest terms, it's impossible to win every game in baseball. You play 162 all year, it's just not possible. However, if your team is winning the majority of the series that they play, then they will definitely find themselves at the top of the standings. And the way they do that is having dominant pitching. Like I said, it's one thing to have one true ace, but that's only going to give you one win out of three. That's not going to help you win a series. But when you have two true aces in your starting rotation, that gives you the opportunity to win more series. And that's exactly how the Giants are going to repeat their success that they experienced last year. Not by winning every game, not by sweeping, but by winning the majority of the series that they play. All right, I think I've talked about this enough. I think you guys get it. If you don't get it, then I feel like I did a bad job at explaining it. So let's go ahead and move on to other things that are going right for the Giants, starting with Tyler Rogers, the new father, all right? He's made five different appearances already this year, and during that time, he's been able to produce a 1.93 ERA and a 0.857 whip. Absolutely fantastic. You know, I love being transparent with you all. You guys, if you're consistent listeners, that you guys know this, all right? And I have a little bit of confession. Tyler Rogers, every time he steps on the mound, all right, he scares me. I said it. Tyler Rogers is fantastic. He had a phenomenal year last year, but for some reason, I just can't shake the feeling. Maybe it's because he doesn't have the velocity as all the other pitchers in the league. Or maybe it's because last year I was at Dodger Stadium when Will Smith hit that walk-off home run in Dodger Stadium off Tyler Rogers. The Giants were winning pretty much the majority of the entire game. And of course, Tyler Rogers comes in. I think Jake McGee had the off day and Camilo Doval wasn't really established yet. I feel as though this was during the first half of the year. I can't remember. The point is Tyler Rogers stepped on the mound in the ninth inning. Will Smith with the bases loaded. No, I don't think it was bases loaded. My point is Tyler Rogers gave up a home run and the game was over. Maybe that's where my doubt in Tyler Rogers stems from, but nonetheless, he's proven me wrong ever since then, and I feel as though Tyler Rogers will continue to prove me wrong because it seems as though, without fail, Tyler Rogers finds a way to get batters out, and he finds a way to get his team back into the dugout and off the field. I don't know how he does it, all right? He's only throwing 77 miles per hour. 
I, for one, expect the batters to eventually figure it out, but they still haven't yet. And if they haven't yet, then why would they figure it out in the future? So good on you, Tyler Rogers. Moving on down the list, let's go ahead and talk about everyone's favorite second baseman, Tyro Estrada. And man, there's a lot of things to talk about offensively, but the consistent defense at second base, my God, who knows? Maybe he'll be in the conversation eventually for the Gold Glove Award because I think I can speak for all Giants fans that I've been pleasantly surprised to see what he's done with his glove. And, you know, not to mention with the bat, he leads the team in RBIs. My fiance and I were on the couch watching the last game of the Cleveland matchup yesterday and we were trying to figure out, you know, a funny one-liner that has to do with Tyro Estrada's name. And the only thing we could come up with was there's a lot of highs and no lows with Tyro. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Moving on, Joey Bart. Yes, everyone's favorite catcher, America's catcher, the rookie of the year. Joey Bart is currently sporting a 273 batting average and a 976 OPS. Absolutely fantastic. Are those the numbers that, you know, say best catcher in the National League? No, but here's what's important. He's currently sporting a 333 batting average and 1.177 OPS versus right-handed pitching. This is important because Joey Bart is a right-handed batter. Not only is he doing his job behind the plate, successfully navigating this entire pitching staff, but he's also supplying power with the bat. All right? The two home runs that he's hit so far this year have been absolute moonshots. They have been tanks. Every time he hits the ball out of the park so far, he gets all of it, and it truly is a pleasure to watch. If Joey Bart sustains his role as the everyday catcher, then I don't see why he can produce a stat line that resembles a 275 to 280 batting average with at least 20 home runs. In earlier episodes, I explained that his ceiling, you know, when he finally gets comfortable and when he finally becomes a fully established veteran, I feel as though he can sit around 285 batting average and hitting 25 to 30 home runs a year. I'm not predicting that this year because it's still his first full season, but what I am predicting is maybe a 275, 280 batting average and at least 20 home runs and 20 doubles. That's what I fully believe he's capable of. The strikeouts will always be there, unfortunately, with Joey Bart, which is why I believe his ceiling is a bit limited when it comes to his batting average. However, nonetheless, he still has the ability to make an instant impact with the power that he supplies. All we have to do as fans is just sit back and watch, and I promise you we'll be happy with what we see on the field. All right, the last player I'll mention is Brandon Crawford, all right? He doesn't have an outstanding batting average. I don't even know what it is. I'm not going to mention it, all right? However, I will say over his last 21 at-bats, he's produced a 286 batting average. So, I believe he's heating up, all right? The home run he hit in Cleveland was another absolute moonshot. And I fully believe that's an indication that Brandon Crawford is about to get hot with the bat. And we as fans surely have nothing to worry about when it comes to the captain of the defense. All right, everyone. Those are all the things that stood out to me when I think about all the things that are going right with the San Francisco Giants. Now, I will say, you know, I'll be fully transparent. I could be missing some things, all right? And even if I did, that just proves the point that there's just so many things going right for the Giants because, like I said, they're sitting first at the top of the division. Unfortunately, we are sh currently sharing that first spot with the Dodgers. But the point is, the Giants are currently playing great baseball. Moving on to this four-game series versus the Mets. 
What are the keys to finding success against the Mets? Like I said, they are one of the most renowned teams in the National League, all right? During this past offseason, right before the lockout came, the Mets went out and pretty much grabbed whoever they wanted, starting with the biggest headliner, and that's going to be Max Scherzer. Have you guys heard of him? I'm sure you have. The Mets also went out and traded for Chris Bassett, as I mentioned earlier, the Oakland A's starting pitcher, but they also acquired Mark Canna, Starling Marte, and Eduardo Escobar. And of course, those are just some names that were added to an already established team that features Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. This, by far, will be one of the toughest matchups all year for the Giants. So, what are some of the keys, like I said, to success against this team? Well, for me, the first one is defense, alright? It needs to be tight. There's a very, 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 very small margin for error when it comes to this team. This type of team, if you give them errors, they will capitalize, all right? You cannot have a lot of mistakes because a team like this will make you pay. So defense, in my opinion, needs to be in top shape. The next thing is that the platoon needs to come through versus one of the best starting pitching staffs in all of baseball. One thing that is interesting is that the rotation that the Giants are going to face during this four-game series features all Ryan Hayden pitchers. Tyler McGill, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, all right-handed, which means that not only will the lefties have to be on top of their game, but also some of the righties that have proven to find success against right-handed pitching, Joey Bart, and Tyro Estrada will also have to come through in big ways. And the last name I'll mention is Darren Ruff. All right, he's currently one of the unluckiest players in all of baseball right now. What I mean by that is he's making phenomenal contact with the baseball. He's hitting the godforsaken life out of the thing. But unfortunately, Darren Ruff is hitting it to wherever the fielders are. So if he can find a way to somehow, you know, get on base and, and produce some extra base hits, that, of course, will be huge when it comes to this Giants offense. And one of the last keys to this matchup is going to be Camilo Doval. All right, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Doval does not seem confident on the mound. His velocity is only sitting at 95, 96, 97. I'm praying to God that there's no injury that's going on right now, and he's just not telling anyone. And maybe he's just going through a spat of, you know, lack of confidence. But I don't know what to say. I'm trying not to be too harsh on the guy because he's still only 22, 23 years old. But I feel as though the the jitters, the pregame jitters, or, you know, the, the rookie jitters should have already left him at this point considering the way he finished last year, absolutely phenomenal. And he made postseason appearances during the NLDS last year versus the Dodgers. However, he still seems not as confident as I would like him to be. So if he does make appearances, and you know, this is a four-game matchup, so I believe he will be making appearances on the mound during this matchup, then I would love to see him come to form where he can reach his full potential, which is consistently spotting 100 miles an hour, 101 miles an hour, and maybe even 102 miles per hour, pairing that with his devastating slider, because right now he is not confident with his fastball. He is heavily relying on that slider, and now hitters are starting to pick it up. So in my opinion, I think something needs to change a little bit for Camilo Doval. I'm not saying he's washed. I'm not saying he's done, all right? I'm not saying he's doing a bad job. I'm just saying I feel as though he's not at his ceiling at this point. So if he can come into these games and have some shutdown innings and do it with ease, 
that'll definitely be a, di a difference maker throughout this series. And of course, just in general, if the bullpen as a whole can have some shutdown innings, that would be nice. But like I said, folks, this team is a juggernaut, all right? Every single game, all four games, is going to be a dogfight. Even starting with game one tonight, which starts at 4.10 p.m., all right? It's going to feature a matchup with Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill. And, you know, the Giants actually hit Tyler McGill really well last year, but it seems as though he might be a different pitcher than the Giants saw last year because currently he's pitched 10 innings and he currently still has an ERA of zero. He has yet to surrender a single run. And this is where, as I mentioned, the platoon system will have to prove that it's consistent and will have to prove that this is how the Giants are going to win games. I'm personally excited to see if Alex Cobb can, you know, pick up right where he left off versus the Padres where he struck out 10 batters because if Cobb can prove that this is consistent behavior for him, then this will elevate the Giants rotation immensely, making it one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball. So that'll be exciting to watch tonight. And of course, as I already mentioned, game two, this will be the exciting one. Logan Webb versus Max Scherzer. Enough said with that matchup. You know, Logan Webb just has to be on, and the Giants have to figure out how to get to Max Scherzer early on. And I don't know if they figured that out yet, because I don't think any player has figured that out yet. Max Scherzer, depending on who you're talking to, is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, and he might be the best. But of course, we as fans can expect a lineup that features a lot of left-handed bats. And at this point, I'm just hoping and praying someone can run into a Max Scherzer fastball and send it over the wall. And Logan Webb can come in and just shut down the Mets. So, there you have it for Game 2. Not heavily analytical, but pretty much just straight up. Logan Webb is a beast. Max Scherzer is a beast. And this matchup will definitely be something fun to witness. Moving on to Game 3. It's going to be another great matchup between Carlos Rodon, a.k.a. one of the best pitchers in the National League, versus Chris Bassett, the former product from Oakland. Again, another great matchup where the pitching has to be on, and the platoon system has to figure out a way to manufacture runs. And that's just going to be the case for every single matchup. As I mentioned, this is just going to be a straight-up dogfight. There's not a lot to talk about here. Other than when runners are in scoring position, the Giants will have to capitalize on those opportunities because it may not happen again, considering that the Mets pitching staff in general, even the bullpen, has proven to be overwhelming so far. So I would personally love the Giants to walk away with at least two wins. In my opinion, that's, you know, palatable because if we go in there expecting a sweep, probably not going to happen, pretty unlikely considering how overwhelming the Mets starting rotation is. Uh, three wins is also a lot to ask for. However, I still believe that's doable. And one win or less, that's just straight up unacceptable. I do not claim that energy. I reject it in this exact moment. I'm claiming that the Giants will win at least two. Good God, I hope so. But we'll see. Like I said, you can't doubt this team considering that they just keep winning. The Giants won 107 games last year and they continue to win this year. So we'll see what happens. And without further ado, folks, that is going to be all for today's episode. Thank you again so much for tuning in. And thank you so much for your continued love and support of the show. It truly has been overwhelming. Again, folks, just a reminder, you can find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a rating or a review if you feel so inclined. Again, folks, be sure to stay safe in this crazy world and continue to be smart. But most importantly, go Giants.